This show is brought to you in part by Temple Sporting Goods, powered by AdCraft. For more information on creating great gear for your team, contact them at 563-243-1304 or at templesports.com. Hey, NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with John Cooper. And tonight we have for you Kentucky Christians, Corey Phipps. Coach, how you doing this evening? I'm doing awesome. Better than I deserve. It's, uh, it's a beautiful summer night here, but you know we've, uh, we've all been away from football enough. I'm ready for, for things to crank back up. Coach, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and get it out of the way just uh, for our listeners. You know, for a guy that's played for you, I was showing Corey before we got on the phone, uh, you know, my graduation at Faulkner. Um, you know, you were there watching a bunch of us walk across the stage, even though you know, you, you weren't our coach the last two years of our career. That's just the type of guy you were just to always keep that connections, you know, with us. And then, you know, we just got on the phone with you talking about feeding offense linemen. That's just – it's just who you are. Um, you know, I don't want to talk, you know, mostly the past stuff. I want to talk about the exciting stuff you guys are doing now over there. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at last year, you know, you had us – we were guns a-blazing over there, We, you know. I was talking to Corey earlier about just the air raid offense that I was a part of, um, you know, what you're infiltrating now, eight out of the 10 games, 30 plus points. Um, you know, I, I told him once the other side of the ball gets going, that's going to be a scary thing over there. Um, you know, in uh, Grayson, Kentucky, just tell, tell us what we got going over there for you guys. Yeah. It's been kind of an interesting deal here. You know, obviously uh, John, you were, I think you might have been our very first signee at Faulkner in 2009. I can remember sitting in the gym with, with you and your folks, and and you were a big part of, big part of that. And I can remember the last night uh, I coached you. We won a game, 95 to 89, and I tossed you a game ball. I don't, I'm sure you remember that too. And uh, I got so, it right beside me, coach. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 still trying to do some of those things. Uh, you know, when I got here in the spring of, uh, gosh, I guess it was, uh, I guess it was 2017, you know, I walked in uh, to a situation where I was interviewing. I really didn't know if I wanted this job. Um, I was at uh, the office coordinator at Division Two Missouri Southern, worked for a great coach, Denver Johnson. I had applied for this job a couple times before, never got an interview, and uh, they flew me out here. And, you know, I walked into a situation where there had been five head coaches and nine years of football and everything was in disarray. And I walked into a room with four dudes on a player panel and just fell in love with them. And the rest of the trip, I was just trying to figure out how I was going to explain, explain to my wife, we were moving to Eastern Kentucky and uh, it's, it's been the best thing we've ever done. And, you know, I, I showed up here, there were 32 guys on the team. Um, we kept 20 of those, 21 of those returners started 17 true freshmen that first year took our licks uh, really for two years. And then last year, you know, the, the, the final record wasn't what we wanted, but we felt like we were super competitive. So that first year we were, we were just trying to, to feel the team. That second year we were trying to make some meaningful calls um, in the second half. And last year, our, our really my mantra was we wanted to make meaningful calls in the fourth quarter. And we did that a bunch of times and, and had some really good offensive continuity. The problem here has been I've, you know, I'm about to embark on my fourth defensive coordinator in four years, but we think we're going to get the defense settled in a little bit. Um, we've made a hire, Chris Elliott, who 
was the uh, uh, longtime assistant at Bethel when you were playing and then the head coach for six years at Bethel in Tennessee and McKenzie. And uh, uh, most recently assistant defense coordinator, Alvin Maria. He's coming on, actually going to be in town, moving in tomorrow to be our defensive coordinator. And we're super excited about that. And I think he's going to give give us kind of the, the, the missing components of what we've been trying to do here. You know, it's it's an exciting time to be at Kentucky Christian. Um, you know, a lot of good things going on offensively. We return a lot of firepower. We actually think we're going to be better on offense. Um, we're going to return some guys and get them healthy. Um, you know, Josh Drucker, who was our all-conference quarterback last year, he, he started the season as our third-team quarterback and uh, did an outstanding job. Uh, got to replace, replace a couple senior wide receivers, but we returned some, some really good offensive linemen and Really, we've got a brotherhood and a family here that's just unbelievable right now. A lot like what you played in. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking over some of your all-conference selections right now, Coach. Um, you talk about Drucker, um, you know, get, throwing for almost 2,500 yards. Um, you know, Deontay Sipp uh, with with 1,100 yards on the ground and 13 touchdowns. Uh, Devon McCoy uh, on uh, at wide receiver with 1,200 yards. Um, you talked about losing Wheeler and, and Lewis, uh, two basically thousand-yard wide receivers. Um, but but really and truly, you know, a lot of this is going to come down come down to Drucker. What's the what's the next step in his in his development and and uh, taking care of the football? Well, you know, the big thing for him was Josh was a junior college guy who was uh, kind of beat up and banged up in junior college and. Uh, really hadn't played football in a few years, and it was really knocking the dust off. He's an unbelievable athlete, you know, a guy that's, you know, about a 40-inch vertical and 4'5", 4'6", 40-guy quarterback and uh, played really good high school football in the state of Texas. Really, quite honestly, uh, just, you know, minimizing on the mistakes and understanding that we really want him to be John Stockton out there. We really want him to be, you know, the point guard of the offense and what we do with all our RPO zone read stuff. We're probably not as much of a true air raid team as we were uh, when we were at Faulkner in some different places. You know, we're, we are going to run the football. Obviously we've had a couple thousand yard rushing seasons. We've actually had the first team tailback uh, in the conference the last three straight years. So, you know, our, I really believe that if, if he can buy into the fact that uh, he just really needs to distribute the ball and not necessarily uh, uh, win it on every snap, let our defense play a little bit, I think we'll be fine. Um, you know, Josh is an outstanding human being. You know, uh, we're also going to get a kid back, uh, Jaquan Roberts. Uh, Jay's done an outstanding job for us. You know, he uh, came in and won that Thomas Moore game last year, was the starter uh, his first year, um, and then, you know, had some, some shoulder issues and had surgery and coming off that. So, um, and then we've got some great, underclassmen quarterbacks who are coming up and, and pushing those guys. I feel like our quarterback room's as deep as any place I've ever been. Coach, tell me about, uh, you know, the tempo. Um, you, you know as good as anyone, just, just somebody that's just watching huddle clips or XOS clips. Um, it's hard to get acclimated to the tempo unless you're watching a broadcast of a game. Uh, you know, how, how fast are you guys snapping the ball here in 2020? Oh, well, you know, it's never fast enough, John, but, you know, we, we'd like to snap that ball about every about every 14, 15 seconds. You know, we will slow the tempo down. We will do some things we didn't do back in the old days, but, 
you know, uh, we're still pretty up-tempo uh, 99% of the time. So uh, we do let the O-line ID a little bit more and get in the run game to get some some things targeted um, and keep, keep us on track. Probably less of a true zone team than when you played and a little bit more power and ISO and gap scheme. But uh, we, we want to play fast. We do. Absolutely. Now, Coach, I want to talk about last year in uh, – you know, you have some a lot of memorable games, but I know for sure because I was keeping up with this game live last year, your game against Georgetown, uh, if I remember correctly, this might be the first win in Kentucky Christian history against Georgetown. And it, it, you know, it was a close one to, to the bitter end there. You guys put up almost 600 yards. Can you just talk about just how important that game is for you guys moving forward? Yeah, ab- absolutely. That, that's a signature game and. uh in Kentucky Christian and Grayson, Kentucky history. You know, I, uh, after that game, I'm walking across the parking lot and, uh, uh, guys lived in town a lot of years and he pulls up and said, coach, that's the biggest win. in in uh, Grayson we've ever had high school, college doesn't matter. He said, that's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, for us, you know, Bill Cronin was going for his 200th that night. It was the first game of the year for them. He's sitting at 199. I look up and there is a, uh, because I got to worry about these things too. I'm the athletic director as well, so I'm looking up and I'm going, "Good night." Who are all these people still trying to get in the ball game? And there was a sea of orange, you know, 200 yards out into the parking lot. I'm going, "Good night." It, you know, we've got six, seven thousand people here potentially in the stands, and it, it was unbelievable. And you know, we we go down 17 to nothing. We go all the way down to our third string quarterback because our first string guy had been knocked out the week before, and our second string kiddo had. It was just not, you know, able to do it with his arm strength quite yet, coming off injury himself in the previous year. We throw Josh in there, and he just starts slinging it. And uh, we get ourselves back in the ball game, get down there right at the end. Uh, with high drama, our kicker gets roughed, um, and uh, he's out. So, you know, I didn't want to put a freshman kicker in there to, to win the game, so we throw a couple jump balls to the back of the end zone. They're safe. Team Doc looks at me and says, hey, Eric Parr is back. You want him? I said, absolutely. We ease him out there. We, we make a field goal to win the ball game. And, and uh, it, was, it was a great night. I hate that that was the high point of our year, but it's still a, a really good building block for who we are and what we're trying to do. Um, and I, I think it's uh, definitely the high moment of, of last year. Definitely. Um, and, and that's kind of part of – my my next question here is is you know building building culture. How do you how do you change that mindset from uh, you know a team that was uh, has only had one uh, winning season in the past twelve years? Yeah, absolutely. So you know the a lot of the culture starts the, with with the university. You know, and when we showed up here fall of 2016 there were 178 student athletes on campus um football was the only scholarship sport uh you know there were, the head football coach was the only uh, full-time coach in the department and uh you know i quickly became ad and we've we've grown to about 420 student athletes everybody's scholarship now uh either in the mid-south football conference or in the appalachian athletic conference and really the culture has started campus-wide you know, and, and really football has led the way for that. And there's been a lot of positives, you know, a lot of kids who have come to Christ since we've been here, you know, 
we're first and foremost a faith-based Christian institution. Um, we want our guys to, to know what Jesus Christ did for them. We want guys to, to know what, what their coaches are going to do for them here in the present. And what they're going to do for each other is a support group for each other for the rest of their lives. John will tell you a lot about, we talk about, you know, the, those men, especially on the offensive line, I coach the whole team like the O-line. I coach quarter, I'm the quarterback coach, offense coordinator as well, and, and I coach those quarterbacks like offensive tackles. And they know that uh, the men around them, those are going to be the guys that are there when they, uh, when they, you know, have children, when they get married, when they get that big first job. And they're also going to be the men that are there, unfortunately, when times are tough, when they might lose a child or lose a parent or, or lose that, that job and, and everything's raveling apart, that their support group is going to be those football players around them. It's a brotherhood. It's a family. That's where the culture starts from. It starts with Christ. It starts with your brothers around you. And then, you know, football, football is just the, the avenue that we get to build on those things. Coach, I, I absolutely agree with you. And that's something that, you know, you know, coaches instill in players, and then when those players maybe become coaches, teachers, leaders in certain areas of life, that's what it is. And I just want to say, like, um, you know, we, we were privileged enough during my uh, high school football season. I had a had a Saturday off for once, and I, I, I did a meetup at Faulkner, and a bunch of what I would call your guys, Coach, you know, we, we took a huge group picture. We're going to put on the feed later today. And a bunch of John, just, I, John, I took a screenshot of that picture. And it's in my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you know, and that's you know, that's that's part of the instillment. Now, here's what I want to go to, Coach. I, you know, I thought was the coolest thing. I'm at a Church of Christ campus. You know, I'm, I'm kind of you know, and you're on a Church of Christ campus now. But when I was playing, I'm on a Church of Christ campus. You know, everything feels kind of foreign to me. But what I loved about playing under you, Coach, and just being mentored under you is that you know you you, got, you had a different background than most of the people that were in leadership positions on that church of christ where you were more of a you know understanding where everyone came from where you were just super inclusive and i, I think that shows in your players today and uh, you know i was telling Corey about you know how you were from california and everything you ended up at harding after junior college you know coach can you just talk about your playing day a little bit for our listeners my deal is a little bit different. You know, I'm from, I grew up in the San Francisco East Bay until, uh, until I was about 14. We moved to kind of rural Northern California. I played junior college football, uh, at Butte College, um, for one year and then Cabrillo College for my second year. And I was a guy that, you know, had, had sat out of school a year and, and some things that happened. I'll be honest, you know, when I was a freshman in college, I had a, had a couple teammates, uh, get in a situation where they, they, uh, they murdered, they were in a murder situation with a, with a homeless gentleman, and I testified in that murder trial, and it shook my world, shook my world. And uh, I went home and sat out of school for a year, and it was it was traumatic for me. So when I went back to junior college, uh, this this little university in Arkansas calls me Harding University. Coach Randy Tribble uh, was the head coach. Who you played with Zach Tribble, who uh, was my ball boy when I was playing, John. And, and was my first quarterback coach here. And, you know, Coach Tribble offered me the opportunity to come to play at Harding, and it was a Church of Christ University. Uh, uh, I can remember that first day in chapel. I thought, this is a cult. i got to get out of here. And, and my mom said, you're staying. And I can remember Coach Tribble told me, he said, uh, 
my mom said, what do you think? And I said, well, coach said it's a dry county. I guess it doesn't rain much. And uh, I said, my mom said, I don't think that's what that means. And so, you know, I ended up out there and, you know, I was probably, you know, the, the least prepared uh, guy ever for a Christian college experience. I really was. Uh, my, my parents went to church for two reasons, uh, weddings and funerals. We didn't even go on Christmas and Easter. We weren't even those Christer folks. But, you know, something called me there. And not long after I was there, I was baptized. I became a Christian. It changed my life. I met my wife, Jennifer, there, my best friends uh, I could ever ask for there. I played really good football and got a really good degree. And I got an opportunity to go back there and, and be the offensive line coach in 2007 and 2008 before I, I went to Faulkner in 2009. And I can tell you, um, it's just a really different environment there. It's really about brotherhood. It's really about family. And, you know, when I took the job here, I told these guys, I said, hey, I know the church background of this university. I know what you need in the head football coach. And you need somebody that's going to put honoring God at the, the forefront of who we are. And, and if you can, and if you can allow me to use this as the ministry to, to build young men and to, you know, really a warrior culture, then, then I think we can do something special here. And, and obviously we haven't had the wins that I've wanted in the first three years, but I really feel like we've set the ground here, uh, for something special for these young men. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of cool things that happen, you know, and, you know, we've got a wide receiver, Jermaine Williams. You know, he hits me up the other day and says, Coach, I'm ready to come home. I said, you are home. He says, nah, Coach, Grayson's home. I'm ready to come home. I said, well, we're ready to have you back. So, I mean, when you got guys that, that believe in what you're doing as a coach and they believe in what your institution's trying to provide for them in terms of a Christ-centered education, you know, it's you just got to understand that the byproduct of the things you're really doing is the wins and losses. You know, the, the core of who you are is is this this brotherhood and, and putting Christ at the at the front of everything. Coach, you know, uh, I'm going to ask one more question. I'm going to let Corey wrap it up um, after me. And I know you got uh, those offense linemen over there, but I also know you got a wife and some beautiful girls to spend some time with. You know, I'm I'm sure you're going to get very busy here in the next couple of weeks. You know, my que- my question is, you know. Being in the Mid-South Conference, especially that Appalachian Division, um, you know, it's, it's some unique games over there. And not only do you have that, you know, you, you got the state of Kentucky as well with your bluegrass teams. And I know you guys are on the, the northeastern side of the state. But, you know, just, just talk about, you know, I know you've been many places, but you, you would be considered almost a Mid-South guy at this point. Maybe just talk about the conference just for a little bit. Yeah, I guess I am a Mid-South guy. You know, uh, I was at Faulkner, you know, for, for those three years. And then I uh, was at Bellhaven with, uh, with Coach Mummy when he, when he took his small, uh, you know, small college, you know, uh, job through the Southeast. And, and then I had the opportunity to come here. You know, I guess I've been coaching about 17 years and, and, uh, seven of those have been in the Mid-South. So, uh, I think it's an unbelievable conference. I think it's the best conference in, in all of, uh, the NAI from top to bottom. Um, I know there's some, some conferences might be able to tout uh, more national championships in re- recent years, but just in terms of the competitive uh, week-in, week-out schedule that you've got to play, this, this, is, this is tough. This is tough. You know, you look at it, there's 
Hall of Fame coaches in here and some, some young guys that really made a way for themselves. You know, I think the Appalachian Division sometimes doesn't get the respect it, it deserves, but, you know, I think uh, you look at Reinhardt and, you know, Point playing outstanding defense last year and, you know, uh, obviously Bluefield and what Dewey Lusk is doing there. And I can go on and on about, about every one of these head football coaches in this division. It's, it, it's awesome, you know, and, you know, if you look at the, the Bluegrass Division, the true Mid-South traditional schools, and you know, they do an outstanding job, have for a long time, uh, you know, from Georgetown on down. And then, you know, the Sun Division has is, is really brought a whole different brand of football, a whole different caliber of athlete into the league. You know, quite honestly, you know, it's tougher to get those kids from your area of the world, John, now that you got all these Sun Division teams, but... There's just so many of them. We, we, we get a few up here. So, but I, I think it's a great conference. I really do. I think, uh, I think our guys understand once they get here that small college football and NAI football doesn't mean small people. You know, it doesn't mean small talent. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times it's kind of like trickle down economics. You get these guys that start off in the SEC, the, the ACC and, and for whatever reason end up at this level. And then you get some really, really good high school players that might have been an inch too short, might have been a step too slow, didn't get the opportunity, might not have had the ACT score, whatever the circumstance might have been, and they end up here and, and they play really good football for four years. Coach, I, you, you talked about how mummy there at Bellhaven. Um, <laughs> did you get to watch any of those XFL games where he was calling I plays? did. You, you know, what's funny is uh, virtually my entire coaching staff here is Guys that have uh, played for me somewhere, Missouri Southern, uh, Faulkner. Uh, we've got three guys from Bellhaven. And, uh, yeah, we'd crowd around the table, and we'd watch a little bit of Coach Mummy and his, his crazy towel uh, on uh, on the XFL games. I hated it to, to see it to come, come to an end like that. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt that he, he transformed the game like nobody's ever uh, been able to, you know, in terms of, throwing the football and style of play and tempo, and you can still see that all over the SEC, all over Pac-12, Big 12, um, you know, him and Coach Leach. And, you know, I, I tip my hat to those guys and what they've done. And obviously, I, I don't think it hurt me to have him on my resume, my reference list in the state of Kentucky, because, uh, you know, there's still people who would, would love to see him in, in Lexington and in Commonwealth. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I bet that was fun knowing where the ball was going before the ball was snapped. Um, That's right. So one one thing before we go, I, I want to bring up the Stone-Campbell Cup, um, that rivalry between the Church of Christ schools there, Faulkner and Kentucky Christian. I asked John about it before we got on air, and he's like going, that's an extinct trophy, to which I directed him to the 2020 football schedule in which it was on there. I'm like going, no, it's not. Tell us a little bit about the Stone-Campbell right. Tell us a little bit about the Stone-Campbell Cup. Yeah, Stone-Campbell Cup, you know, we're a restoration movement institution. So is Faulkner, you know, the uh, independent Christian churches, the Disciples of Christ, and the Churches of Christ were born out of that restoration movement. And, uh, you know, when I came back as the head football coach, they told me the Stone-Campbell Cup had disappeared. And uh, a gentleman named Donald Dameron here in town, his dad was a longtime basketball coach here, and he, Donald's now a vice president for us, said, hey, I want to renew the Stone Campbell Cup. I said, well, I tell you what, you, I'll call him if you, uh, if you can get me one. So he, he went and got a, 
trophy made to, to renew that. We're, we're going to get to renew that yearly now in the Appalachian Division. So that I think it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think one of the things that sometimes these startup programs uh, at the NAI level miss is these rivalry games. And, and the fact that we've got one, even though it's separated by you know, 10 or 11 hours, you know, I drove to Montgomery last weekend to see my mom still live there. And, uh, John, I got to eat some good, some good food and gum. But uh, I can tell you that uh, even though there's 11 hours, 10 hours separating us, it's a, it's a big game for us and a big game for them. Both teams, you know, didn't have the, the season they wanted to last year. And, you know, I think it, it's going to be uh, a big game for us at that point in the season. I think it's about week four this year. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on the show. And we'll be definitely watching. Uh see what happens this season it's going to be interesting none no matter what happens to be perfectly honest with you if this year goes anything like it's gone so far um but we're looking forward to seeing what what happens in grayson well i appreciate that i I just want to tell you guys we sure appreciate what you've done for for nai football coverage and and giving another uh another layer to exposure for for our kiddos and for our institutions. We want to keep, see you guys keep doing this, and we appreciate it. And, John, I'll tell you what, you got a beautiful family, brother. Sure proud of you. Hey, I appreciate it, Coach. It's, it's men like you that help me where I am, and I mean that with all uh, sincerity and genuine, being genuine about that. And uh, we are excited. I told Corey we're going to try to get to a couple games on Saturday and make it happen, even with me on Friday nights. And uh, you guys are on the radar somewhere, some way. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll be speaking to you soon, Coach. If you guys get, uh, you guys ever get up this way, there's a there's a room in the end for you. Thank we appreciate yes. it, Coach. All right, guys, that was Kentucky Christian head coach Corey Phipps there. Um, talk a little bit of Appalachian Division football. I think we need to start, John, with uh, a little bit of the reorganization of the division as we go through uh, this. You know, it's going to kind of shake up how the Appalachian plays out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're getting the addition to Faulkner coming in. Um, you know, it just it makes a lot of sense for them. With uh, they get to save the trips to Florida. And, uh, you know, they got point right there at West Point, Georgia, but they play their games in Valley, Alabama, um, cause they're right on the state line. They got Reinhardt right there. So they're gaining a, at least one, two closer games a year, whether it be home or away. And then, uh, you know, just, just looking forward to seeing what all happens there. And maybe somebody can challenge Reinhardt who hasn't challenged Reinhardt in the past couple of years. You no, know, Reinhardt was a, I wouldn't say necessarily down. But, you know, it seemed like if anybody was going to try to get up and get them, it was going to be 2019. And that just didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that that first game uh, against uh, Weber, uh, they had to uh, pull one out late. I was wondering about how high I had ranked Reinhardt there, but they came back and had a really nice season. They ended up winning their game against Weber, but it was it wasn't a – it wasn't um, as, as wide of a margin as we had expected. Um, Absolutely. You know, St. Andrews has got some interesting stuff going on there in, in North Carolina. 
Um, yeah, we talked to their coaches, you know, in the middle of the season last year when they were going on that run. They were still in the uh, the race, Corey. You remember that? With you know, yeah. they lost to Reinhardt and they lost pretty convincingly, but they were still in the race to win the division late in the year, even though they had a 500 record. They were competitive. They landed 11 players on the um, Appalachian Division All Division ranking. So. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Reinhardt did. I just, I just took it back down. Um, Reinhardt had twelve. So Reinhardt, I, mean, I will tell you this, Corey. Before we get on to what they're returning, I will tell you a big loss from them, and that's Trey Coney there at the tackle, offensive tackle position. He was an absolute stud of a player. You know, it was like guaranteed pancakes. And uh, they're really going to miss him, but they are a culture of physical football, so they should be fine. But I'm going to miss seeing him play. They do return a just an absolute wealth of defensive talent, including three linebackers, three defensive backs, um, and in a in all these are all conference. These aren't just in general. This is all conference. Three all conference linebackers, right. three all conference defensive backs, and all conference defensive linemen. Um, and they returned their quarterback and their leading rusher, um, Billy Hall. And when you're running that that flex bone offense, they're gonna rake me over the coals for saying that they run an option offense. But don't, eh, yeah, don't say that. Eh, it's a flex bone. Um, when you run the, the the offense the way they do, having a returning quarterback who knows your uh, who knows the assignments is as big a returning piece as any. Right. Now, I, I will say this, Corey, um, and you saw it with Reinhardt's run a couple years ago, and what's been detrimental to him for the past two years is, uh, you know, when they get later, if they are blessed enough to win the division again and get later in that playoff run, they are going to have to have some type of passing game at some point. That's that's what they found out against Marion, um, you right, know. Absolutely. And and it was to be perfectly honest with you, it was a nasty day in Indianapolis. If there's ever going to be a day that you're going to play straight option football, it's going to be a cold, horrible day. Um, and and Marion shut them down absolutely and completely shut them down. Right, but, you know, and we just got off the phone with Coach Phipps and stuff, so I'm really looking for it. You know, he was really interesting. He said that he's on his, I think he said, fourth defense coordinator. That's what he said, in four years. And, uh, you know, the coach that he's bringing in, the name escapes me right now, but just where he's from, you know, where he was the head coach of Bethel so many years ago, and then just recently he was the defense coordinator of Maria. What's going to help them out is on that side of the ball, which has been lackluster. Or you remember Alva Maria want to share the Sun Conference outright yeah, two a years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So, so they he's he's adding on championship coach level material with that mindset. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. Um, you know, Faulkner's been really quiet. My alma mater's been really quiet this off season. Uh, you know, I'm I honestly can't tell you what to expect from them. Um, you know. They have the skill guys to do it. We saw that. Um, 
honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing if that defensive line maybe bulks up a little bit. They got moved around in that Southeastern game last year. I will say week in and week out, I, I, I feel comfortable to say they're going to have a, a better time in the Appalachian division than the Sun division. Um, you know, but really looking forward to seeing what they have bring to the table. But uh, I can't imagine. You know, I, I think after Reinhardt, it's wide open. I can't imagine that Coach Wasden is is crying too hard about swapping Reinhardt, St. Andrews, Kentucky Christian Point, all the all the teams in the Appalachian, getting them and giving up these long old bus rides. One, two, going up against. Um, some really upstart programs like Southeastern and Kaiser and what we think St. Thomas is going to be. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we think St. Thomas is going to be a monster soon. You know, and that's that's a great point. And, you know, uh, even with, you know, Reinhardt being the cream of the crop of that division, um, you know, that brings in a, a rivalry game. You know, back when I played, you know, Faulkner and Reinhardt, Back when they started their program in 2013, that was the heated rivalry game. And whenever Faulkner moved divisions, that rivalry was lost. But thanks to proximity, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens there. And uh, maybe Faulkner could bow their neck out and be competitive in those games. But right now, Reinhardt is the cream of the crop in the Appalachian division. Let's go ahead and make picks. Who, who are you taking for, for Appalachian this year? I, I'm going with Reinhardt just because... Um, you know, they return a good chunk of players, but not only that, you know, we, we talked about in our podcast with them earlier this off season, just the, the physical mentality, their culture is just, you know, just hard nosed football. And at some point, you know, and not saying that they have the same success as like a morning side, but technically if you put in the Appalachian division, they are the morning side of the Appalachian division. To where, you know, it doesn't matter who's wearing that jersey, the culture is instilled there of just hard-nosed football. And then for a dark horse, I'm going with Kentucky Christian. Um, you know, I think that with an air raid approach, it gives like any team. And if you're good at it, if you have a coach that is just, you know, really equitable with the air raid and can space his players out, you have a chance. Especially a team that went 3-7 and seven last year. But... 80% of their games were 30 or more points. If that new defense coordinator hire turns into anything, a fraction of his expectation, you need to watch out for him. I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to take, um, Reinhardt definitely, um, for the, um, for the winner for my dark horse. Can you call St. Andrews a dark horse at this point? I mean, they finished second last year. Yeah. I'm gonna take St. Andrews. I mean, if you if you if you tell me I can't take St. Andrews, I'm I'm gonna take Kentucky Christian. I I, right. I like well, what they're bringing back. I think I think you can put anybody as a dark horse just because it's so wide open after the first place. I'm gonna give you a couple names to watch out for though. Um, our our friends at NFL Draft Diamonds have given us a a, a list of of players to watch, um, and a couple of them do land in the Appalachian Division. Um, St. Andrews has a wide receiver by the name of Jermaine Trotman Jr., who is definitely someone who is going to be a problem for opposing defenses. But we'll see how he uh, matches up against points secondary as they have a defensive back by the name of Isaiah McFarland. 
who is also um, highly rated by NFL Draft Diamonds um, as far as uh, small school talent um, possibly going to the draft. Uh, so, you know, that there's a couple names there in that appellation that we're going to have to watch, going to have to see, you know, how they perform. But I think you're right. Um, you know, they, they, they have to go to uh, Kentucky Christian has to go to Alaska for, for the Reinhardt game. Um, they do get St. Andrews at home uh, this year. You know, but Lord knows what scheduling is going to be like come September, October, November. You know, we, we, we might, all of our schedules might get thrown out the window. Right. And if they do, that's okay, because me and you are going to go on a, a one-week tour of everything in the Southeast. But uh, we're, we're hoping that football happens, and I, I think it's, it's a pretty consistent with what will happen. I'm going to throw a bold prediction out there. If if Kentucky Christian's defensive coordinator um, is uh, makes makes a an appreciable impact, a, a you know a solid impact in his first year, and Josh Drucker finds a way to throw more touchdowns and interceptions, um, which was not the case a year ago, unfortunately, I I say that Kentucky Christian wins this wins this division. I I look if you don't turn the football over and you're able to score points, you're gonna force Reinhardt into a situation they don't want to be in because they want to run the ball down your throat. They want to shorten the game, and that that uh, strategically does play into Kentucky Christian's hands a little bit. If they can if they can have a defense that keeps uh, that gives their offense the ball back. There, there's a chance there. Yeah, the only problem is that an air raid offense, whether they're a success or failure, they're helping out the defense because they don't stay on the field for long. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. But that's that's the thing. It's it's got to be. You know, that's that's why I said if if that defensive coordinator makes a makes a appreciable a good appreciable impact on on them and they come out. Uh, you know, strong on defense. That seems going to be one to watch out for for certain. Absolutely, I agree with you there. Any more thoughts before we close up for the night? No, just uh, you know, just looking forward to hopefully we get some more competitive fourth quarter games in this division, especially with Reinhardt just. Uh, you know, I, I respect what's all going there, but just as the outside football fan, outside football journalist, you always want to see those competitive games. So uh, I, just as a selfish standpoint, I, I really would like to see uh, just somebody challenge Reinhardt. Yes, I, I agree with your reasoning and your point on that one. Um, so for John Cooper, I'm Corey Thorpe, and we will talk to you all next week.